What is up? What is up? Today we have a special episode for you. Today, this theme for 2023 is all about truth. That, that is that is the, the the word that God has given me for this for this podcast. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about that. We're going to be discussing a little bit about what apologetics are. We're going to be talking a lot about the facts um, about the Bible, um, what people versus what people say about the Bible. And so I'm excited. We're here with Kyler Sal. Let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Here with Kyler Sal. What's up, Kyler? Hey guys, what's up? Alright, so we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this. Um, kind of the theme for this um, th- this whole podcast is 2 Timothy 3.16. Which says this, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And so this is this is kind of the theme. But I'd like to start off where what does the world say about the Bible? What what how how is it viewed through the world's eyes? Um, you, you know, you see a lot of if you've ever had if you were a Christian man and you've ever had a discussion with somebody who is not a Christian, you end up with a lot of concerns, a lot of questions about the authenticity um, of the Bible and um, and all that good jazz. So we're going to discuss some of that, okay? Um, you know, as such as one of the things that um, people view the Bible as is just a strictly spiritual book. Okay, so it's um, it, it's it's a book full of Bible stories, um, full of um, morals. You know, do's and don'ts. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, th- that it has no practical application. It's just a spiritual book for a spiritual group of people. Kyler, have you ever run into anybody that had that viewpoint? I think, and as I was reading today, that was actually the question that popped up in my head because I was looking over some last minute stuff. Um, But when you look at the Bible, that's what most people just think about it. It's, It's almost like. God's spiritual journey or Jesus' spiritual journey, and we just kind of get an insight to it, and that's what happened. But people have to remember that the Bible's not back in the Bible when you refer to the Bible times. I mean, back in the Bible times, like this wasn't mm-hmm. the only part of the world that existed back then. Like people forget right. that China was still a thing, that we had more countries in the Middle East, that we had Europe, also India. I mean, we had all these different countries that were also happening during that time that the Bible is. I mean, it's a living, breathing document, yes, because, I mean, it still applies to all of us today. But um, it's not just something that is just for spiritual. I mean, it, if you look back at the historical text and people are like, oh, the Bible's just meant to, you know, spiritually lead people. And it's meant for um, to go through and, you know, 
show you genuine Christianity and that's about it. But it's not. I mean, archaeologists, they use it as a document to help actually find stuff. And so if we take the if we take the Bible and we just put it as a spiritual context only, I mean, we take a lot of the bulk of what that Bible actually means and how they actually guided them through historical times away. So that's right. And as I was looking at that, a lot of people, a lot of people, I mean, it was almost on every single page that I was looking at, reading it and like different scholars, like they see it as a lot of people just see it as a spiritual reference, not as anything that has to be historical. Right. And so the problem with this is in honestly, part part of this is the church's fault. And Mm -hmm. I say that because, you know, Little kids, you know, of course, I'm I'm 40 years old. So whenever I, I my parents would take me to church whenever I was young, we would go to, you know, Sunday school and we would learn Bible stories and they were presented as stories. They were never presented presented as historical facts, historical mm-hmm. events. It's not like you were sitting inside a school and learning about history you know when you're when you're in class you, you know you're a teacher Kyler you, you know when, when you it, it, sitting in class and you're learning about history you realize that what you are learning are historical events okay but when it's taught in church it they're taught as biblical stories as if they are fairy tales or myths and not intent they're not intentionally done that way but that's the way that they are presented and um and really it's it's kind of sad you you know and so um you know it's it, it's also viewed as like um a, a a book of morality or you know just a good lifestyle you know what i mean it's not but it's never presented as a necessity and mm-hmm. um well, and when you the look tr- at how we teach history in school, we teach it as this kind of started this, and it's it's a it's more complex than how we make the Bible. When we're telling Bible stories, we talk about you know here's the beginning, here's the flood, here is you know the Exodus. Here's we talk about an in individual parts instead of looking at the overlapping parts that actually yes. work together. And as you're looking through and you're noticing some of the stuff, like Adam was still alive when a lot of his um, great grandsons and great grandsons. I mean, you look at these people. I mean, Methuselah lived 969 years. Okay. When you actually look at the Bible timeline, a lot of those people were still alive when their ancestors were alive. And like, well, how did they even know how creation started? Well, it's because their grandparents still told them, but instead of looking at the Bible as a document that feeds off of something else. And like, you know, this caused this and this happened to this, the church has segmented everything into individual stories, and that's that's not how it actually happened. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so, with with all this being done, you, you know, with, with it being viewed as just a, a spiritual book and and no no historical application, um, which really the Bible itself is a historical book with spiritual application. You know, and so it's right the opposite of the way that it, that it's viewed, um, and especially and then we get deeper into what people say about the Bible. You know, especially today, a lot of them would tell you that the Bible is oppressive and offensive. 
that um, it's not an, my air quotes, inclusive book to all people. Um, and because of its firm stance on political issues and the way the Bible, the Bible views immor- uh, immorality, um, some people don't like the way that the Bible calls out sin. And this is, this is an issue, um, and this is a reason why, a lot of reason why it's attacked today. Um, this is a lot of reason why the Bible is is trying to be the, the whole goal of this of this push and and it doesn't matter what it is you name it you know feminism or you know this sexual push this um, homosexuality transgenderism all of them is their goal is to take away from the authenticity of the Bible and because the Bible shines a light on their immoral ways you know the bible has a very firm stance on homosexuality and divorce and living with a woman and you know having sex outside of marriage and all these different things it has a very firm stance on that and because people society okay or culture we'll say culture has painted this picture that these things are okay People don't like to be uh, told that they're wrong. Really, I guess that, that's the best way to put it. You know, yeah. they, they don't like it. They don't. They don't like the fact that the what makes them feel good on the inside could possibly be morally wrong. Does that make sense? Completely. I mean, it even goes back to Webster Dictionary. So they go through and they update it every single year. And this year, do you know what the one word that they took out of the dictionary was? What's that? Just take, just take a guess. I mean, just at the top of your head. Gender. Close, but no. They took out the word sin. Are, are you for real? They took out the word, the word sin. Now, side hustle, that's in there. They added that one. They added woke culture. <laughs> culture. They added that one, but they took out the word sin. Holy smokes. Yes. Even Webster, Webster's Dictionary is woke. <laughs> I, well, yeah, <laughs> you need people to read it. So if you put even sin in there, they're going to, and that was something I was, as I was reading today, I said, really? I mean, if you can't even read about the word, then you have some issues. That is, that is mind boggling. Mm-hmm. You know, that is holy smokes. And it goes it all goes back to, you know, people don't want to view their lifestyle as sin. You know, the, and there's only one way to to give a definition of sin. And that's mm-hmm. that's what goes against what is right. You know, and what people don't understand, this is this is the, a big thing, especially among like apologetists. And stuff, if you're going to talk about a moral compass at all, okay, if there's any sort of morality, there has to be some sort of standard. And what is that standard? Well, that standard is Jesus, which is the word of God. And so if you put any kind of a standard on morality, then these people who who live outside of this moral standard become evil not not the people themselves but the the acts that they are doing 
And, well, I mean, even really, I guess the people themselves, we are all evil until mm-hmm. we find Jesus. We are all, you know, every one of us was is birthed into sin. Every one of us is birthed uh, uh, evil. And, and it is only Christ that can make us good because we in and of ourselves is not. And... Um, and so, but they they don't want to view their lifestyle that way. They want to view their lifestyle as you know, well, I can I can live however I want, and and it's okay. That's the reason why this postmodern society has grown such and such drastically, um, because you know the, the whole notion of you know truth is is a mental construct. Well, what's true for you is may not be true for me, so I can do whatever I want. But when it comes to that moral standard, when it comes to that standard, who's to say that Adolf Hitler was wrong? Mm-hmm. How how can how can you say Adolf Hitler was wrong, or you know Jeffrey Dahmer? How how can you say that he was wrong? You know, if there's no moral standard to go by, then there is no there's. There's nothing wrong. There is no sin. You know, no wonder they took it out of the dictionary, you know, because they're, again, they're trying to take away from the moral standard of the Bible. Therefore, if the moral standard of the Bible is gone, there is no sin. Right. But if there's no sin, go ahead. And if you, if you can't, so, I mean, going back to, you know, what you were just talking about, you know, Hitler and everything is they, they want to be, we're turning into we're, how am I trying to put this? We're trying to almost play God, where we want to create our own definition of something, when the Bible has clearly outlined right and wrong, but the problem is, just like the word sin, and I should I should put more into this, that if you look up sin online, it's still there in the dictionary, right. but you buy the print edition, and it's not going to be there, right. but we we take out what we don't want, and we want to put it in, and you can't do that with the Bible. I mean, this is a document that's been there for years and years and years and years and years, and you can't change it. It's not meant to be changed. It's not going to be changed. And that's why people feel so convicted either about going to church or reading their actual Bible. And I would love to know the statistics on how many people are actually reading their Bible. I mean, you know, Pastor talked about on Sunday how a third of the church or of uh, a third of Christians are actually attending church nowadays. Right. I would love to see. Yeah, I would love to see how many of them are actually opening up their Bibles to, to, because I, I would assume, okay, you know, assume, you know, I can't, I don't know them. They would be convicted about what sin actually is, because that's what the Bible is. And we can't, unless we read and we actually talk about what the truths of the Bible are, we're never going to actually believe what the Bible says. We're going to continue creating our own definition of sin. Right. And that's that's what they want to do. They want to be able to create their own definitions because if they can, then they don't have to live by any moral standard. They don't have to you you know they they don't have to feel bad for the way that they are living. Um, and so the the whole process again is to take away from the authenticity of the Bible. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, it is a dangerous, dangerous place because again, somebody who lives a life of 
homosexuality. Okay, so let's let's say let's say you have a, a, a man that is sexually uh, attracted to the opposite sex. He and he has no, and, and I'm not trying to condone this by any ways, but but you, you know he has no um, no affiliation with pedophilia. He has no affiliation with murder. He has no affiliation with anything. But so he doesn't like the moral standard of the Bible, so he wants to do away with it. The problem is, is that if this person has a it does away with moral standard then he's no wrong than a pedophiler he's not you, you see in, you see what i'm saying and in god's eyes that's how he sees it no sin is more than anything else right and so either either it is all sin all of it or none of it's sin you know mm-hmm. you so so this guy who lives as a homosexual he cannot say well pedophilia is bad but what I'm doing is okay. Mm-hmm. He he can't say that because you have taken away from the moral the 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 moral standard that the Bible upholds. And but that's what we and, want to do, right? Absolutely. Um, and really, to an extent, all of us have done this at one point or another. You know, mm-hmm. because you know we we like to tell little white lies. We like to tell you know um, you know maybe maybe cheat a little bit on a test or still, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank. But they, you, again, you cannot take away from a moral standard without, without negating all of the sin, all of it. And, uh, and you can't do that. And so what people do is they, they come up with these questions about the Bible Okay, they, they tried to negate um, the authenticity or the accuracy of the Bible, and and those questions are posed um, in a threatening manner, which we're going to talk about right after this break. This portion of the Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573-686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. 
Hi, my name is Bob, and I'm a real nice guy, and I'd like to live in your house. Uh, excuse me, but do I know you? As ridiculous as this sounds, this is what some people expect from God. No, but that's okay. You see, I do a lot of nice things, like I give money to the poor, and just yesterday, I mowed my neighbor's lawn. You just ask anybody, they'll tell you, I'm a real nice guy. Some people believe that just by being good, God will let them into his home. You can't live here just because you're nice. What do you mean I can't live here? You let that little boy live here. Has he ever given to the poor or mowed a neighbor's lawn? I don't think so. Well, of course he lives here. He's my child. Oh, I see. And that makes him more special than me? That's it. I'm calling the police. You wouldn't expect to be allowed into someone's home if you were a stranger. Do you expect to get into heaven if you've never met its owner? Join God's family, get to know Jesus, and be welcomed home. Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by The Jeweler's Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed citizen watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 North Westwood or call 573-686-1522. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. So before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, so the the way the, the Bible is viewed through through the eyes of of uh, the world today, through society, through the culture that has been created um, in in this this time, and um, so one of the things that they do is they try to present questions, or and really, I guess this has been going on for a long time. It's not just now. I just see a lot. It seems like I see a lot more of it. Um, but they present questions about the Bible that take away from the authenticity or the accuracy of the Bible, mm-hmm. such as, do we have a accurate copy of the Bible today? This is this is one I get often. I get very often. Um, it, has, the, has the Bible been altered throughout the last 2,000 years? Okay. So this is... This is something that that is if if I if I've heard it once, I've heard it. I bet I've heard it a hundred times. Talking to non-believers, talking to you know this this is always their go-to because and this is the reason why because most people cannot accurately answer that, answer that question, and so and they love non-Christians love to stump Christians on their bible you you know and and you'll hear it put that way well if your bible's so holy you know it's been you know and they'll and they'll they'll do it like this well it's been altered so many times between now and the time that it's written how do you know you really have a reliable copy they'll they'll ask you that and it's like wait a minute wait a minute do you do you understand? You know what I mean. 
So b- before I answer these questions, we're gonna we're gonna go into s- some more. You know, um, we're gonna talk about do we have accurate manuscripts from the apostles? You know, are there sor- outside sources that prove that Jesus existed? Has the has the Bible been altered over the course of history? If Jesus did exist, did he really rise from the dead? And so when we get into this, we're going to really dig into what, what is called apologetics. Um, I touched on this some last year, and you're going to hear this word a lot this year. So I want to give a firm definition about what apologet- apologetics is. So in Second, Second Peter chapter 3, it talks about giving a defense um, always being ready to give a defense, and, and I'm paraphrasing, um, for what you believe in gentleness and in love, okay? And so that word defense is the same word that they use in the court of law, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hear all the time whenever I start talking about apologetics, you know, people will be like, um, why would I apologize about my faith? That, that's that's the first comment I get, and I I mean I understand I under, you know it's when you first hear the word and you don't have any understanding of it that that makes complete sense, um, mm-hmm. but it it is not being apologetic for your your faith. What it is it is it is the study of being uh, uh, of the word of God. And the accuracy and being able to give a defense in the manner of, okay, so this is the important part, in the manner of hoping that somebody who does not believe in Jesus, because of your defense, just like in a court of law, if somebody's trying to convince somebody, they're trying to convince the jury that this person is either guilty or not guilty. Well, you're trying to convince this person that the Bible is true and that Jesus is real and that Jesus loves them and that, you know, in, in hopes that they would accept Jesus as their personal savior. Okay. So this is apologetics. This is the, this is the, the, um, the basis of apologetics, uh, uh, apologetics. And so at the heart of apologetics, it is evangelism. Okay. And so we need, when we go into this, when we start studying the truth about the Bible, the historical facts about the Bible, when we begin to, to, to do that, we need to make sure that we attack this with this mindset that we are trying to convince somebody in gentleness and in love, okay, we're not talking about, you, you know, getting angry and acting a fool and all that stuff because the moment you lose your temper you're done the moment you lose your temper you have no longer you no longer have a basis to step on and so and so we'll um we're gonna we're gonna tackle this some and so here here's here's the thing um as we as we begin to talk about this apologetics you're going to encounter two different types of people Okay, one um, is somebody who who just doesn't. It's a misunderstanding of truth. So it, it's a it's what we call a mind issue. Okay, so 
this person just does not understand what truth really is. Okay, this person he doesn't. Um, he's been taught X Y Z his entire life, and this is the way that he believes. Um, he's been you, you know yada yada yada. But if you can convince him, if you can show him historical facts, if you can show him you know X Y Z is is wrong. And that this is, you know, he would he would be prone to to believe in it. Um, you can convince this kind of person. Now, this person needs to be handled um, with gentleness and in love. Um, but this person typically has an, an open mind. This person is typically seeking truth, um, and and they they want they're looking for something different than what they have, but they don't want just anything, and so. Um, the second type of person, it's a it's a hard issue, okay? For the second type of person, it's a hard issue. This type of person does not want the Bible to be true, okay? Um, you, you know, it doesn't, th- this person is not open-minded. They are not seeking truth. They already have their minds made up. Um, most of the time, this type of person is looking for a fight. Um, they only want to prove you wrong. And really, no amount of truth that you tell them will change their mind. Um, now, these type of people, they still need to be handled with gentleness and in love, okay? But you you have to be very careful because you cannot allow this type of person to get underneath your skin. You cannot uh, allow this person to get to the point to where you are ready to fight because that's what they're looking for. Um, because truthfully... We have we have nothing to prove. You present the gospel, you present the facts, and you you let the you let God take care of everything else. Um, I seen a, um, I, I seen a um, a video one time of Frank Turek, who's probably my favorite apologetist. Um, he was doing this interview at this college, and he was he was having this discussion with this person, uh, this debate, just just a small debate during the question and answers and so it, it escalated and frank was like okay like look i've got two questions for you the first one if i ask you something will you be brutally honest with me and the person said yes he said okay he said the second question is if you knew for a fact that jesus that the bible was true that jesus was real and that if jesus if you did not accept Jesus, you would spend eternity in hell. Would you follow him? And the guy goes, no. Well, where's the, what kind of a reasonable answer is that? You know, it's it's not. It's not a reasonable answer. It's not a um, – this, this, he's the type of person that it, he does not want it to be true. And so I, I say all this to, to, to let you know, as we go into these apologetist-type things that you will encounter people that will just want to be a belligerent and that's okay they can be how you know they have the right we live in america they have the right to to believe whatever they want and you you present the gospel and you go and you just leave it where it is um a guy by the name of greg kugel he talks about uh, he's got a book called Tactics, and uh, he talks about putting a pebble in their shoe. 
um, you know, and and, and he in it's just that it's in in the shoe of their theology. Okay, so you, you know, you you just give them what they need to to question what they believe. Like, wait a minute. Okay, so you know they, they believe this, and you're like, wait a minute, but that doesn't, you know, like let's for instance, let's say that somebody really simple. We'll, we'll do something really simple. We'll, somebody's like, well, there's no such thing as absolute truth. Well, the question you would ask him would, is that statement absolutely true? And you have to you have to question that. You have, wait a minute. Well, if that question is absolutely true, then there has to be absolute truth. Therefore, the statement the statement that I this belief that I have cannot be truth. And then you just leave it alone. Their search for truth will lead them to Jesus. Because Jesus is the only truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we have to remember, and when we're talking to Christians, non-Christians, whatever, we have to remember that we as Christians, we've experienced God's love. We've had that meeting. We've had that chance. We've had that openness with God. And people who we're talking to who are closed off, they haven't got that. And that's the, the, that's the purpose is Yes, they're going to get under your skin. They're going to make you want to throw things and just almost to the point where you want to shake them and be like, what don't you understand? That mm-hmm. there is somebody that loves you. But those people, they're coming from a place of hurt. They're coming from a place of abandonment. They're coming from a place of, you know, feelings of resentment or feelings that they've not they've not had a chance to actually deal with. But we, we as Christians have to remember that. We have to have that patience. We have to. That's why we have the Bible. That's why, you know, we the Bible's never changed. It stayed consistent. And if you look even in the New, New Testament, how Jesus had patience with his disciples. I mean, they asked him question after question after question after question after question. And they questioned him. And he had the patience with them to understand. I mean, he went to his own hometown and they questioned him. I mean, they knew him from mm-hmm. birth and they yep. questioned him. People, even in your closest circles are going to question you and they're not going to believe what you have to say. And you just have to, you have to feed them with love and kindness and just the simplicity that Jesus gave. And you just have to remember they've not experienced God's love yet. They will. And it's going to take them some time. And even with people who have experienced God's love, they know it, but they only experience God's love in a time where they needed it and then everything was going well and then they came back. So we just, as Christians, we have to remember we're there to spread the love of Christ, not try to push it onto people because God doesn't love us in that way. He lets us mess up. He lets us ask him questions. He lets us, you know, have doubts at times. He lets us have those things and he just, he has his gentleness with us and his mercy and his goodness. And we have to provide that same thing for other people. That's exactly, yes. Yes, 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 yes. And the the fact that, that we have experienced God's love and others have not, we need to extend the same grace that was extended to us to these other people. You know, mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the saying, hurt people hurt people. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of the same way. They're going to come at you a belligerent. They're going to come at you angry. They're going to come at you all that stuff because... They don't know anything else. They, they don't. They don't know anything else. They, it's the only reaction that they have to um, to any kind any kind of opposing uh, viewpoint thought because that's that's the way it's always been presented to them. Right. So we're going to kind of get in. Go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to add on there that, you know, we're, we talk about truths, but that's their truth. They're just telling you their truth that they're telling you what they've experienced. And we have to, if we're going to believe that the gospel is absolute truth, which it is, we need to believe that other people have truths too. And we don't need to discredit it. It may, it may not be the correct truth. They may not ha- be the truth that, you know, that we want to hear right then and there, but to them, that's their truth. And we just need to realize that we can, ch- we can change what they believe is true, but we have to do it gently because their right. truth is Dr. truth to them. Yeah. Dr. Jeff Myers talks about big T truth being the word of God and little T truths, which are, are things that people believe that are true that may not necessarily be true. You know, yeah. but it's what it's what culture has presented to them. It's the way that they were raised. It's what they, you know, those types of things. They believe it to be true, and and they don't know anything else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it is truth. And right. and so, but you have to be gentle with those people because that's that's all they know to be true. In a lot of cases, you know, they've they've grown up in an environment where where that's that, that's it that's all that they know they they don't know anything else and so when you're presenting something you know even us especially as men and i i don't I, i'm sure every every other man's the same way i don't like to be wrong you, you know and so to to have your 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 belief system shattered something that you were raised in something that you were you come to know to believe it, it can rock your world. Mm-hmm. It, it can be devastating. And so it, that's the reason why it has to be handled in such gentleness and in such love. Because God, the Bible is not used for a um, a, a rod to, you know, to come down to, to, to beat people into submission. That's not, what, that's not the way Jesus presented it. Jesus presented it as in here I am. It is a free gift. Mm-hmm. You can accept it. Or you cannot, but know that I love you, you know. And that's the way Jesus did. You, you know, I Jesus, Jesus is like I will do everything in my power to show you that I love you, to show you that that you that, that you are loved and that you have a place to belong. But if you reject it, you can. That's that's completely up to you. You know, not that he wants anybody to reject it, but that's the whole point of free will. Is that that we can. Uh, you know, reject it. We can, you, you know, um, choose to live apart from God, and um, you know, it can be it can be devastating when you're dealing with somebody who is, again, whose whose life and whose culture has been um, turned upside down by you know you, you look at like Muslims, um, you, you know, for them to find Jesus as a savior would be devastating to their what they grew up to believe um to 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 know to understand and and it has to be done with with gentleness and love all right guys hopefully i've um uh, i've been beneficial to you guys uh hopefully you know you can learn something from this hopefully you know make sure that you're going with love and with with gentleness when you are spreading the gospel when you're presenting the gospel um And as always, I want to end in a prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our churches. And teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.